You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott Wright, your host again, delighted to be here. Wilson's here again. Wilson, Happy New Year. Very good. Well, it's not, no, no. Take, take the happy bit out of that, Scott. It's just New Year for me. Shankers, how are we feeling? Amazing. Top of the moon. Brilliant. We're joined by a very special guest. It's a big, big coup for us to get, get him on, but we're delighted to welcome Matt Kennedy, the manager of Darvin. Pleasure to have you on, Matt. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate it. No worries. How are you doing? You good? Aye, all good, mate. Everything's good, aye. Uh, just disappointed in the football this weekend, but other than that, aye, pretty good, to be fair, aye. Brilliant. We'll go on to, we'll, we'll touch on things later on the show, but we'll We'll quickly run through the results before we touch on a few talking points. Hibs now, Livingston 3. David Martindale gets his seventh one in a row. Going to Easter Road, who are now three defeats in a row. Hamilton got a big result against Muddle, 3-0. Stephen Robinson obviously resigned during the week. We'll touch on that in a minute. Aberdeen and the Dean to a 0-0 draw. Ross County won, St. Johnson won, and Kilmarnock lost a late equaliser to St. Marin in a 1-1 draw. But where else do we start apart from the big game over the weekend? Rangers won, Celtic now. Mac, what was your overall thoughts in the game? Uh, probably the same as everybody else's thoughts, to be fair. I think it was Celtic sort of dominated the first 45 minutes. Uh, to be honest with you, I would say control. I wouldn't even say dominated. I know, listen, McGregor pulls off a fantastic save for Griffiths outside the box. But even though Celtic had loads of the ball, I, I, I can't really recall any clear, clear-cut opportunities. Edward probably get one in the first half inside the box. I would expect Alan to save that as well. And other than that, for, for all they had great control of the game, I, I can't remember very many last ditch tackles. Particularly with Rangers' defence, always looked solid and compact. And I, I think as the game developed, you always felt as if that's the way it was going to end. Uh, so Rangers came out second half, probably a bit more compact, got a bit tight and closer to the park. And then obviously the sending half quite pivotal in terms of how the rest of the game developed. To be fair, but. I, I was actually surprised how well Celtic dominated the ball, to be honest with you, because I think that's probably been Rangers' strength for the last few months. But listen, as with as I don't think yesterday's the result that would lose Celtic the, the league. I think it was probably a, a lot of stuff that happened prior to that. Definitely. We're, obviously, me, Wilson and Shankers spoke about the game as it was happening on our, our group chat, but I'm just going to let Wilson loose on his thoughts <laughs> in the game because there's a lot to get through here. Well, again, I know Mick's a big fan of mine and listens to the show every week. <laughs> you will have heard me say last week that this game of football will come down to a refereeing decision. And 100% spot on, the operation to stop 10 in a row has finally concluded. <laughs> again, Bobby Martin and his team of merry men have wasted Every Scottish football fan's next five months of anything enjoyable in Scottish football with his reckless, almost Mr. Magoo-like display yesterday. Uh, sorry, Saturday, Saturday at Ibrox. Absolutely nothing. Nothing short of shambolic, to be honest. And that's why regular viewers will see that I've not uh, worn my glasses today. I've sent them up by courier to Bobby so he doesn't get <laughs> next game. Because it was it was nothing short of embarrassing, to be honest. Um, it's it's and it starts early doors as well. 
I mean, again, and again, regular listeners to the show know how much a massive fan I'm of Alan McGregor. I've always said this. And he, make, he makes the two saves in the first couple of minutes. Now, how the linesman can give Edward offside, and, and, he, and that just set the tone. He's about three yards onside and comes behind the defender. Now, McGregor makes the save. So no goal anyway. But from then on in, you just knew Madden's performance was just going to get even worse. You have, again, now I only thought it was a yellow card. You have Morello's tackle on Frimpong. Okay? Mm-hmm. Goes completely unpunished. The, the melee at the end, you know, when, he, when he's protecting Morello's from having to, you know, red card a Rangers player. <laughs> the, the, the sending off thinking that, you know, Christopher I, who was probably the fastest player on the pitch yesterday, can't cover that ground. Now, <laughs> I know, I know Morelos is a good goal scorer, but again, and he's scored lots of goals, but not even he can score for 37 yards at 110 degree angle. By the time he takes his first touch, Christopher Ayer is within about three yards of him. So but Madden couldn't wait. Following instructions from his superiors to, to end the 10 in a row. And however, that's 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 just on the game. That's just on the game. But again, as I've said previously, I I thought from the body language and the attitude from the first old fun game that Celtic had absolutely no chance of coming back. And yes, yes, these absolutely just confirmed it. And, and to be fair, again, that's that's what winning leagues is about: not playing well and taking three points. That's it. That's the bottom line. Yeah, we'll start. We'll, we've obviously I've took some notes in the game. I just want to start off with the Celtic. Obviously, started really, really quick out the gates. The diamond we could see straight away. The diamond was working. Shankers Rangers didn't have an answer for Celtic's pressure early on, and it showed because Rangers every time Rangers got the ball, they were losing the ball and it was just coming straight down. Obviously, the chances with Griffiths. Obviously, that again McGregor's save. I think that's the he's Andy Gordon moment as we've heard so often over the past twenty four hours. But how? What did you kind of think of the first kind of? 45 minutes, were you surprised at how Celtic... Obviously, you'd spoke about how the diamond was was a big thing for you. You didn't think it was going to work against Rangers. It did work, though, to be fair, the first half. I, you're spot on. I, I thought before the game, the way they set up in the two previous games at the diamond, just to afford Rangers a space in the full, for full backs to push forward, I thought it, it could be criminal. It could, it could kill them almost, but it, it worked perfectly. It was as if Edward and... And Griffiths were splitting and kind of stopping the ball going to the full-backs. And then Turnbull was kind of squeezing up to, to kind of split, split the centre-halves. And the Celtic's uh, positioning out, uh, like out uh, when they didn't have the ball, like this, the shape that the team the team took up, like totally helped them in the first half. And the Rangers were probably the happier going in at half-time uh, at now now because Celtic had a lot of possession, as Mick said, no too many chances, but... They were probably just disappointed not to go in a goal up at half time. That's probably the only thing that was missing for the performance in the first half. And I, I thought Rangers couldn't couldn't get any worse, to be honest. So the, the only thing that they could do was was get better. And as Mick said, the longer the game went on, you almost seen that coming because Celtic for, for all the ball and uh, and that they had, they, they weren't making anything happen with it in the final third and you could almost see that that coming and it, it was a bit of a sickener I think I think the red card is a red card no just it's not a biased point of view I think Morelos when he goes into the box 
he gets into the box and Madden's obviously thought he's he's going into the box with a chance. He's no they're not guaranteed to score, but it's an opportunity to to have a shot on goal and, and possibly score. So he's denying that. I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't have get back and covered in, but it, they I think they they have to look at what what could have happened and he's going into the box with a with a chance at a shot and goal and, and I think it was a right decision and after the red card I, I kind of thought Rangers would would go on and win the game. Mike, what did you think of the red card? Do you think it was a red card? I, 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 I think it was. I, I think the problem is, with the time play developed after the his whistle, probably Ayers made up about 10, 5 yards in ground by that point where he was already on the deck. So it looks like he's probably in. He probably would have played stopped at the exact point he brings him down. I think the problem Ayers got is he was sat in position is probably better in, in the first instance in terms of each position in the shape Celtic run. Then I think there's probably a better chance of getting across. He's far too high and he's far too wide. But listen, I think when you make decisions like that from a player perspective and be on like rolls them, then makes a decision to bring them down. Then I think you're giving up people an opportunity to make a decision. I think I know it's hard when you're in the crux of the game and listen. Sometimes you 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 sort of heart over your head and you make rash decisions. I think it's a rash. If you let some go, Morales goes puts the ball in the back of the net, and you've got an opportunity to cover. But I think the minute you go down to ten men, then I think obviously in games of that magnitude, then I think you're really up against it. And I think that's the way the game sort of developed for that first point onwards. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I think the, definitely the red card changed And I'm a game. Celtic fan, by the way. I'll ask you one of my questions to later. <laughs> <laughs> the red card changes the game and we'll, we'll come on to, obviously, after that, Celtic need to change up. They bring on Shane Duffy and Mohamed El Yunusi and with Shankers has became a bit of a, a celebrity with a a video he's put up on Twitter with, with us. So tell us about that. See, see, to be fair, it was my uncle who put it onto the group chat. Uh, I, must, I think it was on Rangers TV and the woman's just kind of sniggered when she sees a bit Duffy coming on. It was just a bit of a laugh. But it was, it was kind of doing my nothing, to be honest. My phone's no stop vibrating all night. <laughs> I'm going to delete it. <laughs> uh, see, see on the subs? See, he takes Griffiths off. He, he brings Duffy on before the before the goal. He's he's just went with the one up just to I think it was four four uh, one to try and sort it up. See after that when Rangers went down one now, I didn't get bringing on Brown and El Hamid like nah. I just I just like to go and try and win the game. Like it was too like kind of defensive minded players. I, I didn't get that at all. To be honest, it was. Surely you would rather go and lose another two goals than than and have and have a goal than than just kind of sit tight and and try no lose anywhere. But but no actually having a goal at the game, I was surprised at that. They never kind of went gung ho and, and threw through another couple of attacking players. Yeah. The reason I want to touch on Shane Duffy quickly is I just want to ask Wilson. Wilson, if you're talking about Bobby, Bobby Madden, Madden having a a game like that, does he send off Shane Duffy? Because to me that's a shocking challenge. And, <laughs> no, 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 that's that's that 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 for me is a, a, a run of I mean a run of the mill tackle the same the same one that Davis done on Ayer they're just they're just tackles that happen in the game that you know can I get the crowd etc going you know I, I I don't I don't think that's a yellow card for me a yellow card. They feel the the crowd were buzzing after that tackle. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, that that's one you know. And it's a wee bit kind of as I go on about in this show the badge kissers. You know, Duffy's just <laughs> waiting. I'll just take a body out so the Celtic fans got off my case. It was like Jordan Jones, remember the one a, a couple of years yeah, ago? Jones done it at Ibrox. 
It was just shows the fans would love him and all that, and it's basically killed his Rangers career. I mean, I don't get me wrong, I heard Neil Lennon shout at the fourth official to send him off. And it was the same, I mean, see, see to be honest, obviously I didn't notice at the time, but it was the same as Morales, you know, early doors. That, that for me, that, that's your referee, right, Alfredo, that's you, that's you, I've got your one. I'll give you that one, it's early in the game, you know. And usually what you would find a referee would do is because Duffy's was that late in the game, but if Duffy had done that in the first five minutes, uh, you know, they'd be in a booking as well. But you know, later in the game, you think the Celtic were kind of trying to chase it a wee bit. Um, then, you know, that possibly could have been a sending off. No, not, not for me. But the goal comes through the through a Rangers set piece, Carl McGregor, and the unfortunate one that kind of puts it into his own net. Do you think after that, I'll go and give this to Mick, do you think after that, Rangers just... Can I asserted their, their dominance in the game and Celtic can I struggle to get away back? I, I, I think Mark made the point. I think when Celtic makes these substitutions, I understand the rationale of bringing Duffy on to get a, a structured back four, but I think the substitutions after that, I think the whole mindset of the team even changes at that point of view from a player perspective. You bring on Brown and, you, uh, and it's a very, and El Mohamed, it's very defensive based decisions. And I think then the mindset changes within the team and they become very deep. Then Rangers just managed the game at that point where I think it was a must one game for Celtic yesterday. I thought, and at that point, I think you need to go for the game. Listen, if you go to take with a draw, a player sent half, then you come away with some kind of merit in the game. But I think at that point, you need to be a bit gun hoa. Sitting watching it in the house, probably the same as Mark was thinking, I'm thinking, what the hell's he doing here? Two very defensive based decisions. And I think then Rangers just managed the game. Listen, Rangers have been defensively excellent all season. It's been the foundations that's it's got them to the point of where they are just now, and I think against ten men, I, I was never confident Celtic were going to get back in the game at that point. Again, we'll touch on you know a few a few things. Well, I just want to mention Morelos quickly. Like we were talking on the show last week about how we thought Morelos, that's maybe Morelos's game, and again, he just he does nothing for me in this game. I don't see. I don't. There's folks saying to me he had a good game. I thought when that can come on. It showed what Rangers needed in that, that game. I thought it kind of linked the ball up well, whereas Morelos was just, it, looked, it was like a spare man. I don't think Rangers front three had a good game anyway, but I don't, uh, Morelos for me again, just had, doesn't show it in this game. Right, but look, and, and, th- and this is where, and as, as much as it grates me because I'm not I'm not his biggest fan, th- this is where you think, and you put on the chat yesterday, Scott, about Gerard substituting Roof at half time. I don't think you were impressed with that substitution. Yeah. Now, yes, possibly this season or the last few games, you maybe think Roof's going to be one that maybe pops up with a goal, but Morelos is going to be the one that runs that channel. Now, it's probably two or three yards from where he gets Simonovic sent off um, this last season or the season before. So that, and Rangers, Gerard's reacted. You know, to what I mean, Kent Morales and uh, Ruth couldn't get the ball in the first half. I so think to be fair, Ruth was Ruth had an injury. On the channels, and I don't think Ruth's going to do that. I think Morelos and the likes of Kent will try and do that. And as I say, Morelos is, is spun him now. Again, if I'm Stephen Gerrard, I'm thinking I'm needing a goal, you know, and I need to make a sub to get Hadji on the park. I, I would have kept Morales on. You know, I know his record against Celtic, blah blah blah, but. In a few games he's managed to get a Celtic player sent off. You know how he never scored in the cup final a few years ago. He knows how to certainly make the Celtic defence uneasy, create you know that wee half yard for himself, which he does successfully. So as I say, that's that's why I think I think uh, Morales stayed on the part. I he didn't score, but he's he's got Celtic down to ten men. 
you know, he's his wee moment later on with Scott Brown and some of the some of the players, which you're always going to expect, but again, it's handbags, it's nothing. Um so I unfortunately I agree with Stephen Gerard. I just think though when Morelos got booked, it was just even even Ali McCoy. See, I thought Ali McCoy explained it perfect. He was like, he can't trust him. He can't trust Morelos after uh, the weekend. And he literally got took off maybe thirty seconds after yeah. he got booked. <laughs> and but you have to be able to manage players like that. Now Mick will be able to talk more about that. Uh, because he's a lot older than me, managed better players. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite sure there's players at all levels that uh, Mick's managed that get treated totally different from the majority of the, of the boys in the squad. And I, I think that's obviously what, what Gerard does with Morales. So what do we think now, like Shankers, how big a win was that? And do you think that is game set match for the league title? I just I don't want to turn it and go that's it done because you know over the, over, <laughs> I want to but I don't uh, over the years the last couple of years especially at this time of the season it, you know it's it's it is easy to see if you, see if you say you go and draw one and then the momentum it can totally change and the Rangers is fixtures in the month of January I mean uh, Petodre, Easter Road and, and Fur Park they have to go to go there, if they win the three games, you turn around and go, aye, that the, the team is, is certainly certainly uh, get the mentality to win it. But I would I would wait till the month of January is over before before anything gets said. Yeah, definitely, Mac. Where does Celtic go for here? Uh, I, I, I I think there's a bit of rebuild to be done. To be fair, uh, I think. It's astonishing that to think probably eight years ago or nine years ago that at this point Rangers were in liquidation. You think of the stand and start Celtic had on them in such a short space of time that they're now in a stronger position in them. Uh, certainly on the park, I wouldn't say financially half it, but certainly on the park just now, doing it a good recruitment, probably really, really good coaching to be fair. I know people who are running about the club and stuff like that speak so high on the boy Michael Beale, which there he's made an exceptional coach. Yeah. Uh, made a significant contribution to developing some of the players that were there and they've got a real good culture and they force about the club just now. So I think Celtic then need to, need to go again. I, I think when you, you manage to get a, a manager in at the standard of Brendan Rodgers and you then set the foundations to, to run a club like that when, when he had such a say in how the club developed, no disrespect to him when you then go back to that level of manager and coach, then I think uh, there's, there's a total shift in the culture at the club and I think that's clearly evident I think there needs to be a total rethink it take the club forward I would certainly write the season off and I'd be looking to bring some down new to rebuild for the summer Definitely Wilson I'll ask you the same question where did Celtic go for here? Well, that, that, that's, this is where I'm going to put the glasses on this is what I was going through last night right now I, I, said, at the, I said at the start right that the season is over it's it's up now. There's more chance of me captain and Darville to the Champions League than <laughs> Celtic winning that league. And I know I've been on trial with Matt a few, but we're not worried about that now. <laughs> I, I I think this is now this month is is turning into a monster for Celtic because I think you know come the end of the season, right? I would think the likes of Ayer, McGregor, Rogic, and Cham, Christian, Edward will be bought, sold, moved on. Duffy will be away. I don't think I don't think they'll want to spend the money in El Yunusi. And I think Brown and Griffiths have run their race at Celtic. I don't think they'll be there either. I think Brown will retire gracefully and that's fine. Right? Then what you've got to look at is the standard of player that Celtic have. 
Now, Barkas, Bain, Hazard, obviously Neil Lennon doesn't trust any one of the three because he rotates his goalie. Okay? Then you've got the likes of, I don't even want to mention his name, <laughs> Laxalt, who... Laxalt has given Frimpong a run for his money and been the worst player in the Premiership. <laughs> a great run for his money because you've got a left Marble back... goalies threw his name in the heart. <laughs> a left back and a right back in 30 yards of space that don't cross the ball or can't cross the ball and then you've got the squad players like Ralston, Welsh Johnson, Ajeti, Klamala no good enough none of the guys I've just made they're good enough to play for Celtic I'm sorry now they might all be millionaires but they're not good enough right so that, that leaves me with the guys that I know You've got Greg Taylor, Sorrow, Julian, Turnbull, and Forrest from that squad of 25 that will be there next year. Right? So you're now looking, is Neil Lennon going to be trusted with any more money after the whole Barkas and Ajeti money? Probably not. Does that not suggest, though, that it needs to be a change at the whole, whole club? A whole change in structure. Now, I'm, I'm very much old school. Not as old as Matt, certainly not. <laughs> Mick will remember the, the Celtic scout was John Park. Is that his yeah, name, John? Yeah, John Park, yeah. John Park was responsible for your Van Dykes and your Forsters and getting all these guys in. Then all of a sudden, did, did he want more money or something? Was he not trusted or whatever? And he's away. And since since then, you know, he maybe pulled one decent one out of the hat, you know. But the signings in the last couple of seasons have been absolutely horrific. And as I say, if Neil Lennon doesn't trust some of these players, hence his rotation all the time, then I, I honestly feel this is a massive problem, not for the club, you know, because there's so many players there that are just nowhere near it, you know. And I think the biggest problem this year is, and again, you can blame the fans and blah, 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 blah. But I don't think even the likes of Aberdeen have stepped up to any sort of level where they're going to beat Celtic or Rangers. Now, I've said on that, on, on that show that I, I can easily see Rangers going the full season unbeaten the league. I can, I can easily see that because now they've got two games left and that's against Celtic. You know, one at Parkhead and then one back at Ibrox. The rest, and Mark mentioned there about the tough month of January. Tough going to Pretoria when they can't beat Dundee United. Tough going to Motherwell when they're getting zipped by 3 0 by Hamilton. And tough going to Easter Road for Livingston won. Do me a favour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Roy Keane there. Yeah. Absolutely. See, see. But what, what I'm saying is, I'm going back to my point at the start, but, but this is where I think Celtic need to react now. Do you know what I mean? I think they need to say, Lennon, this, this season's ran its race. We need to go and get summed in now. Again, there's a, there'll be a million days brandished about, right? But you've got to get somebody in. Let, let's just say, let's just say, I hope, I, but anyway, let's just say it's Eddie Howe. And Eddie Howe maybe goes and gets one or two signings from England, beds them in, then come the summer he gets five, six, seven in and give, give the guy, the new manager, a shot at it. Because all that's going to happen this year is even if they turn around tomorrow and say, right, fans can get back in, do you think 60,000 folk are going to turn up at Parkhead? No chance. No, but my, my, my point is with the whole thing, do you not, if you're a Celtic fan yesterday, do you not take a bit of kind of confidence for the game of how they played? No. I I, I think they've I think they've got to, to be fair. Uh, uh, the, obvious, the obvious thing is it's worrying like, about playing and controlling the game that well, but no 
taking anything from it. That's, that was my point. Other... Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but how many times did how many times did Rangers go to Parkhead and not play well and get a result? And Celtic used to play them off mm. the park. That isn't kind of new. Like, it's just, it's just uh, I know, but just because of previous games in in the past months about how like everybody was going about how like dire performances were, like no identity or whatever. I think he's he's oh, that formation is obviously the one he's kind of. Yeah. He's tried so many, three at the back, five midfield, three, five, two, whatever. And now he's kind of got the the formation and the kind of, a kind of just the team that he, that he wants to play in. And yesterday, as I, as I said, the first half, they, they're unlucky not to, not to come in. Uh, they, they're unlucky to come in with a draw at half time. But see, Lennon has got, they've, they've got to see positives for that, for that game somehow. I know the only worrying thing is they didn't score, but for performance controlling the game, the way the team was set up, everything, the only thing that was missing was the result. That's the only worrying thing that they were able to thought. take away from the game. Because I thought during the game as well. watching a different game. <laughs> like, did you not think, though, you touched on Callum McGregor last week. Do you not think when the McGregor, Christian, but they three, I thought they three were excellent because kind of sorrow just allowed McGregor to flourish and it just it sat well, there and so, let the other three play and you could see it was a different Celtic team right so let, let's go back right to the referee's howler Soros <laughs> committed four fouls and not been booked yeah right mm-hmm. David, David Turnbull I think has been sitting next to Ryan Christie in the dressing room when it comes to a big game shit his pants excuse my French <laughs> because you know Christie has been phenomenal for Scotland. He's been a phenomenal Celtic player. But again, has he ever laid a glove in an old firm game? No. Turnbull, I felt, suffered from that yesterday. You know, he got into some good positions, but not, nothing nothing from there. I think he's a good player. You know, I don't get me wrong. He's a, he's a young boy. As I say, Sorrow did what a fit Scott Brown, you know, used, used to do as well, break yeah. up the play, tackles. And those two fullbacks, oh my goodness. Did you see Frimpong try to cross it on the byline? <laughs> I know, I, I, seen, I seen somebody posting there's a frimpong what I use a size 40 cross. <laughs> right? And then look, look, look uh, at the I don't know if you've, seen, if you've seen the goal. What's Laxalt doing? It was the one time they hadn't shuttled across and McGregor should have pressed Tavernia and pushed Laxalt up and Laxalt was just caught in no man's land and it gave Beaton and Aya far too much they just couldn't go over in time and that's, that's how the sending off came about. And as I say, they get into great positions and the crossing is ridiculous. And then, again, and you're saying, Mark, take the positive, they play well, etc. Again, if, if the, you know, everyone thinks that French is a great player and he is a great player and they're talking 20 mil, whatever, and Lee Griffiths is an out-goal scorer. They didn't score. So I, I, don't, uh, see, no, I don't see any positives whatsoever from the game. Oh, I did say the only uh, worrying thing is for them that it didn't score. Like, performance and all that, Keeping the ball shape, no, I'm no conceding, but like defensively, I know, but I'm just saying, we know there's no one, but I'm just saying you have to take positives. They have to take positives. There's a fan on Super Scoreboard, what, why give Lennon a new contract? Right. Did, did you see, see the League Cup final when Julian scored the winner? Did you get any positives from that day? No, you didn't because you get beat. Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> But what, like, obviously now Celtic Rangers go to Petodre and Celtic play Hibs after their, their trip to Dubai. 
Mate, if, if Darvel were 19 points behind in the league, do you take them for warm weather training and drink that and improve them? What's, what's that all about? How's that allowed to happen? To be fair, if I took Darvel to Dubai, I'd get more criticism than Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, no. I, 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 I certainly, I, I think if you're 19 points uh, behind your nearest rivals, Europe, Europe, League Cup, I certainly don't think four days in Dubai is going to make any difference, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, I, I, th- I think it's a, it's a mad decision uh, to wear away at this time. I don't see what the benefit it is, to be fair. Uh, but obviously, we see there's some kind of benefit somewhere within Celtic Park. I just don't see what it is. But I, I agree with Mark. I don't take bet. I don't. And that, that's the younger Mark Wilson from me. Uh, I don't. I don't think you can take many many positives for the game on uh, yesterday. Uh, as I say, for for us, Celtic dominated the ball at times. If you think that if Cavanier and Barisic get into the positions at Laxal and Frimpong get in the first half of forty five minutes, and Celtic would have been at four or five done. Uh, uh, yeah. But the reality is, you've got two fullbacks. You've got no end product whatsoever, which is astonishing. If Frimpong had Mark Shanklin's right fit, he'd be playing the Premiership. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He's up and down, but the reality is, I, I, I can't understand how you can train five days a week for the age of 16 and then your early 20s and kind of cross above 15, 20 years. I, I just find it absolutely astonishing. And you know something? He doesn't even trust his cell. So many times he's into great positions and he comes back out on his cell because he doesn't trust his cell to put the ball in an area. And you're not asking me to pick somebody out or put it in some, you're just asking me to hit an area. And he doesn't trust it. He comes out on his, all the time. First couple of minutes, he'll put in a couple of balls with no quality, then he'll start. He comes out on his cell, isolates the fall back, gets by him. Instead of putting in, he comes checks back out on his cell. Uh, but I, 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 I don't see many positives for it at all, to be honest with you. I think you need to take everything into context and not just to get yesterday's game in isolation. Definitely. We'll just finish up. We'll, we'll touch on the another couple of games to mention. Wilson, Kilmarnock drew one each with St. Martin the Lake. St. Marin equaliser. What's what do you think? You think that was Kilmarnock was too hard done by with that? I think it was. I think I think even Jim Goodman came out in the press and said that you know it was a point gain for them. He was quite honest in his assessment. Kilmarnock were in complete control, especially for the majority of the first half. You know, um, second half got a wee bit thing. You know, and I saw a lot of fans on social media giving it a push, a push for a second or a third, but. They were so comfortable, you know, they, they didn't, you know, feel the need to push for a second or third. I know you maybe always should, but, um, and then the goal is, I, I just don't, I just don't know what he's thinking. Um, what is he doing, man? What is he doing? Obviously, he's sat here in hindsight, um, but I, I don't get how any goal they could do that. All he's got to do is extend his arms, you know, and he's, st- he's still holding the ball with his elbows bent down, extending his arms. Now, again, as Mark, Mark, obviously the junior level, you know, any striker rushing into that would just go and, you know, go and give him a wee bump or something, you know, but even the St. Mun players couldn't believe it. And the reason I thought that's a goal was straight away, I think it was Hansrop, the fullback, just turned around and just closed his eyes. What's happening? So he knows it's in now. Again, for a referee, I don't know if I have the technology, but the referee's like, he's going in the world of his linesman who's probably got a, a better angle. Um, but it was just, it was a crazy mistake. But again, it's, you know, it was no points out of 15 or 18. It's now four points out of six. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've got Hamilton Hibs, you know, to come. So, as I say, we are, we are where we are. 
you know, but as I say, it's, you never get beat. I think that's always you don't get beat, so that's that's I'm okay with that. Yeah. Shanker's Motherwell, Stephen Robinson, Motherwell and Stephen Robinson parted ways over the week. <laughs> Were you surprised at that? And how uh, bad was the result yesterday? I'm no surprise one bit because I think he's seen that goalie in training and thought, I need it, I need it. I need to just jump and shut here. Did you see that? Did any you see that? Yeah. See, see when you see when I thought about the Kelly goalie's mistake, and you say about the Motherwell one, I said, I'll go go and have a look at this. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody not tell him that he can use his hands? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! I've never Did seen anything like that in my life. You the, the, the defender for the third goal, and he swung his leg and just missed the ball. <laughs> no, I don't exactly really remember that. Unbelievable! I, I I don't know. It's a weird one with Stephen Robinson. It, it, it's obviously he's resigned. It's not. He's not been. He's not been. Uh, been sacked. It's it's a strange one. Obviously, they find themselves in a in a bad position. The new, but he's he's got the squad there that, that should be should be doing better than that. But I'm I'm not sure. It kind of it's a weird one with managers like that. He, he's done so well, and I don't know if he had the chance to go elsewhere. But surely when at that point, you need to go because with a team like Motherwell, you're not like when you're you finishing Europe or whatever. Like it's it's so tough to do that consistently. I know Aberdeen's done it for years, but it, for managers like that, I just find it hard when when they're, they're doing so well. How they don't they don't go elsewhere when they get a chance? Because now look at them, they're, they're sitting eleventh or whatever in the league, and, and he's had to resign, and it, it's going to be hard. I'm sure he'll he'll not be out a job for a long time, but it it no like. A team in the championship, but I don't think it'll take him. Whereas they were maybe, maybe I took a punt at him uh, when he was doing so well at Motherwell. But it's a strange, it's a strange one. Uh, how he's just resigned. Or, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, he's, maybe he's got got some in the pipeline and he's maybe he's just left and it's a good moment for him. But I don't know. It's a good job. It's a good job for for someone. I don't know. I don't know who they'll, who they'll be looking at. But Shinky Flasley's maybe got a claim to that job, but his first result wasn't great. What do you think, Wilson? No, I don't think Keith Lazar will be at it, no. Again, as I, as I say, I always, you know, when these managers get in, and it's an absolute pet hate of mine at, at any level, say, all right, okay, well, we'll offer you the job, but you need to keep Keith Lasley and Morris Ross as your assistants. Now, I know, you know, these kind of times, there's not a lot of money kicking about a lot of levels of football. You want to pick your own team, you know? It wasn't like Matt goes to Darvel, you've got to keep you know, the two guys that were there for 10 years before you, you want to be, you know, going to pick your own management team, guys you can trust. And as I say, it's a bit better, I suppose, at Lennon than John Kennedy. I mean, how wasn't Gary Farker or Yalby or whoever he's been in with before? I, I don't get that. You know, I, I really don't get that. Now, a lot of Cali fans are on Alex Dyer's back. You know, Keith Lazar might be a fantastic number two, but he might not be a manager. You know, and a lot yeah. of Kelly fans have that criticism of Alex Dyer. You know, he's a, he's a great coach and a great guy, good link to dressing room, but he's not a manager. But then another side of the coin is did Keith Lazar just need a chance? You know, I know Morris Ross is, is highly thought of. Uh, maybe not his social media pages, but I know as a person he's highly thought of um, in his coaching and all that. So that that for me would strike slightly kind of biscuit tin, to be honest, if they went with Lasley and Ross. I think maybe a clear it because there's a, there's a decent squad there. Yeah, a decent squad. They've got Stephen O'Donnell, who's best right back in Scotland, you know. Um, so. After Wally Lyle. <laughs> 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 well, 
One one manager who deserves a lot of credit is David Martindale, Mac. Seven wins in a row since he went in at Livingston. How impressed have you been with the, the job he's done there? Uh, he's, he's done a great job. I've listened to him speak a couple of times. Seems a nice, he's good guy. Ask, Seems if he's quite a, a colourful background, to be fair to him, uh, <laughs> that he spoke quite quite openly about. Uh, ah, he's, he's, he seems as if he's done great to turn his life around the guy. He's obviously had a positive impact with the club. The players have responded to it. Listen, sometimes when a new manager comes in or somebody takes it, you get a wee natural bounce, to be fair, but the number of games have done well in there, would say they're probably through that early period. Uh, so, no, I think I think he's done a fantastic job. I, I think he's done really well. I, I really, guys, as well, I think, uh, obviously, Robert had done a fantastic job at Mullerwell as well, but as Shankar said, it's hard at that level to continue to sustain success when you're putting at that and working in these sort of budgets. Uh, but... Aye, as you say, the boy at Livingston's done a fantastic job. Move on to our special guest, Matt Kennedy. Matt, thanks very much for joining us. Just want to ask you, first of all, how how's the season been so far with Darvo? Obviously been a, the craziest season we'll ever remember, but what's it been like for you, for you, your perspective? Uh, it's actually been quite strange, to be honest with you. Uh, probably more so on Saturdays in terms of preparation for games, not having access to changing rooms, uh, it's been difficult to be honest with you. I think the first couple of games we probably get the timings wrong, boys. You're too early, but probably more so in terms of how we prepared last season and standing about too much. And it's just an actual build up of how, how I'd normally do things. And a Saturday's been really challenging. It took, took us three or four games to find some kind of routine again uh, that I felt comfortable with and the players felt comfortable with. Uh, and listen, I think that's probably been the same for every manager to be honest with you. And I think obviously not having access to the fans being there, it's been it's been quite strange. It's it's I, it's it's just lacked a wee bit of intensity at times, to be honest with you. Uh, I think we've probably got through that now. We're starting to call like a wee bit more like ourselves now, but it's been difficult in the early stages, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And like talk about it as well about your your playing career as well, because like you don't really hear the fact that you you were captain of the Scottish amateur team. Like you, did you feel you done well as a player? Uh, I, 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 I played that reasonable career when I was younger uh, when I was senior club and stuff like that and then had moved into uh, I played 21's football signed with, I was on the very same with Clyde Bank actually when they went, actually went bankrupt uh, then took a break for a wee bit had a few opportunities to play junior and didn't particularly fancy that level just went and played amateur because it suited me and my mates and stuff like that and then had, I had a, a reasonable successful career at that level probably I reached seven Scottish Cup finals. I don't know, won the league probably twelve times, about sixteen years or something like that. Uh, Captain Scotland, I so I reasonable success. Well, I enjoyed it fundamentally, which is the most important thing, I suppose. But I, it, it was enjoyable. Brilliant. And when you obviously, why did you kind of decide decide to get involved with Darvel? Like, what was the what was the reason Darvel was the, the club you kind of chose to get involved in? Uh, I asked myself that many times, Scott, since I've went there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think, to be honest, I had, I had a reasonable, successful career at managing Cove after I stopped playing there about a four-year period. Yeah. And uh, during that time, I had three or four offers to, to maybe step up, as you would say, into junior. I did maybe a couple of conversations at lower league level. And I, it, it just didn't, the clubs I spoke to at that point didn't feel particularly right. And I, I enjoyed actually where I was. I felt quite comfortable. Uh, I, I've always done football. I've been part of it simply because it was something that I enjoyed doing. It was a good break away from 
my private life and stuff like that. So it, t- it took a lot to leave. I think I ch- achieved so much in such a short space of time that I felt I was sort of losing the buzz a wee bit for it. Uh, and then the decision that came to speak to Davo, it, it felt when I spoke to John in terms of how I, how I like to work and the structures and foundations I like to put in place, then to be fair to John and the committee there at the time when I'd met them, that I felt that they were willing to put that infrastructure in place and, and that's why I decided to get to, to get a go. Like some of the players you've got as well, the likes of Ross Perry also playing in the Champions League, Daryl Meggett. How how impressed have you been with some of the players you've brought in and like how how good is it to have that kind of quality coming into the team? Uh, I, listen, I, I think probably bringing like, Ross and, and Darwin last year, obviously, because we're in the Championship, was obviously significant signs for the club. I think we'd be able to forget, though, to be fair. I think most of the squad last season, 13-14, I've made up a boys who played amateur the season before. Yeah. Uh, I had relationships with Darrell and Ross prior to them coming to Darrell, so it made that transition slightly easier, to be honest with you. And it was circumstances as well in terms of their personal life and travelling and stuff like that. Sort of a few things fell into place that allowed us to do it. Uh, i really impressed by them. We lost Ross really alone, hurt his knee against Kilmarnock, a pre-season friendly. Then, time he came back, he walked away. So, Ross hadn't been there for the last part of last season. But certainly, Darrell, his, his, his attitude and application, stepping down for League One, you, sometimes you would question people's, uh, if they really get the real desire to come there and try and be part of something you're trying to build. But he's been excellent. Uh, as of the other boys were brought in this senior this summer, to be fair, it was always a, a plan in terms of recruitment, in terms of trying to attract a certain kind of quality. We always felt that we had to try and get the Premier League till it was to then attract additional players to that quality. So I, I've been fairly impressed by them. I, I think you can see why Darrell's played at levels. Brilliant. And obviously, like expectations, you, you saw you tweeted out there about obviously applying for membership for the SFA is a big thing for you. Like, what are the expectations for you? Like, where do you see yourselves like two or three years down the line? I think that changes all the time, Scott. I think originally had went in, we'd sort of put a three-year plan in place. First year was to get into the Premier Division when it was still the juniors. Second year was about established ourselves well in the third year as we try to compete at the top end of that. Then all of a sudden the structure changed and then the pyramid system came in. Then that three-year plan became a five-year plan. And it was then about trying to get the club into League Two or as close to League Two as we can get within a five-year period. I think that's the ambitions that the club's got, the chairman's got, the committee's got. But listen, the reality is there's a number of other clubs who are a lot more established, experienced and successful at this level than ourselves. So I've got the same aspirations. So uh, it's all right having a plan uh, and aspirations, but it's about executing it. It's a totally different thing altogether. But the, the plan is within the next five years is to hopefully get the club in a position where we're either in League 2 or we're very close to getting into League 2. Mm-hmm. I just want to ask you as well, and we'll move on to, can I, I'll bring Shankers in on this as well. Like, when you're, like, obviously, Darvel, you're obviously kind of getting, a, getting some really good kind of facilities in place and things like that. How do you feel about the criticism that kind of comes away when you try and do something like that? Can I try and go up the leagues? Uh, no, no I, su- I suppose I've got a fairly different approach. Maybe for what people would probably deem as was in place in junior football before it came. So when you invest in like, the changing rooms, G- GPS vests and sports science coaches, there's a lot of people who look down on it and say, well, the reality is this may successful clubs at this level don't do that. So what's the real need for it? I think that's just maybe because that's how I'm used to working, I suppose, and it's the sort of infrastructure and environment I like to work with. I don't particularly mind the criticism. Uh, I think as long as we do it in a respectful manner, we conduct ourselves right, then I, I don't particularly mind. Listen, criticism is going to come. The other thing is, as well, I'm not in football to make mates, to be honest with you, Scott. I've got yeah. plenty of mates which might surprise some people. Uh, some of them even think I'm all right, probably, as well. <laughs> uh, 
So I think when you're in a competitive environment and you're, you're trying to build success, if everybody likes you and thinks you're a good guy and a great guy or what you're doing is great, then I think you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll always be the people who will chastise us and criticise us and criticise me at times. But I, I don't really mind, to be honest with you. I think I come out and defend the club at times yeah. when maybe people say things that are inaccurate or, or stuff like that, I go on social media and defend it. But in terms of personal criticism, I... <laughs> I, I don't particularly mind to be honest with you. I went Shankers, but is there anything I want to ask Mark about? I, I'm not asking this for a personal point of view. I, I'm asking because there's probably people out there that are thinking that. What, what do you say to them that you're just coming in, chucking all this money, paying players this, that, and the next thing? I don't know anything, but there's crazy figures going about what and try to buy success. That, <laughs> what, there is teams that have. No, done it to this extent, but because they've not put all the things in place that you've done. What What do you say to the, to the people that are that are throwing these figures and all, all that about? Like, what What do you say, Ken? What as in Scots, you're saying about going for League Two? Is Is that why you're doing it right right now? Try to get it all in place and for for that. Kind of, I, 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 think, kind of... I think. I think. See, see, if you look at who's at the top club at level just now, right? I think obviously I can like it the top club in the country by a considerable distance. I think if you look at, not just in terms of success, but the infrastructure, how connected up the community, the group of players they've got, the management team. So so they're the most successful club and that's been built there. God knows how many generations of success. I think if you're an ambitious club for a stand and start, which they are, if, if you don't invest some kind of money at the outset, the reality is, try to do that naturally or a period of time. It just isn't going to happen. It's... It, it takes investment. Now, people generally don't believe this, but there's a proper business plan in place at Davo. My year one budget was always agreed. Year two was always... It's all mapped out in terms of what it looks like here the next few years. A lot of that is based on getting additional fans in the door, additional income streams. So there's a, it's actually mapped to it. In terms of buying success, I, I think fundamentally good players cost you money. Uh, I mm. think the figures you hear, <laughs> the figures are... Astronomical. Listen, football's a very small world. I've, I've spoke to a number of players there a number of months since I took over Davo and I'm taking over Davo. Listen, I don't think there's any any sort of hidden secret. I spoke to a, a, a quite down the line with a, a tall but player. Uh, they, he's a very rare of them. I don't think the sums are astronomical by any stretch of the imagination. I hear figures are 350, 400 quids a week and five grand, 10 grand, setting loan fees. Uh, I can assure you that just doesn't happen. Uh, as I say, the club, the club from a, in terms of playing players' wages, the club is on its, stands on its own financial feet. The club income generated through sponsorships, and that's excluding John sponsorship and gate receipts and stuff like that covers the playing squad. And and as long as John will be there, probably always will. Uh, where John comes in is the investment in infrastructure. Uh, and that was not building something sustainable. We sat down in year one and I said that to John, if we're going to do this right, it can't be, which I believe happened to other clubs, where there was shared loads of money spent on the playing squad, trying to catch maybe all can like in a very short space of time, maybe in a good couple of years of success and can't sustain it. We said, I said, if we're going to do this properly, we need to invest in infrastructure of the club. I could have probably taken some of that cost and put it into a playing budget and had better players. But fundamentally, I wanted to build a project that was sustainable and could, and could challenge it a number of years. If you look here the last, I don't know, 10 years probably, when I've done a bit of research into junior football, maybe a beef, a Glen Afton, 
I've had really good seasons and won a Scottish Cup and won the league. But fundamentally, in a sustained period of time, neither a club has a sustained period of success, which I've been aware of, which when I've looked back at it, apart from yourselves. And the reality is, fundamentally, it's because how you run the club. And that's the model you're trying to get to, but that requires some kind of investment in the front end because I was trying to catch Auchinleck, me, or any other club, for that matter, Paul Looker, I could win it up, try to do that on a 30, 40 grand budget. <laughs> the chances are, I don't know the chances, it ain't just going to happen, let's look at ourselves here. Uh, but as I say, a lot of it's a, a, lot of it's a load of nonsense, Mark, to be honest with you. But listen, right. mate, they have a good budget, we've one of the best budgets in the country, I don't deny that. Uh, but uh, there is a plan in place in a five-year period, and that's a proper proper structured business plan alongside a plan that's set to develop the football club off, uh, on the park as well. Mm-hmm. Wilson, would you? Is there anything you kind of want to just ask, Mike, before we move on to your questions? Oh, you, just, you just kind of touched on it there, Mike. About <clears throat> when, I know I know you were kind of offered, you know, after your success at Colville Park. I know you could have had a, a good few moves up the tiers to different teams. But was it the kind of project you fell in love with Darvo with as such? It wasn't just a case of, as you mentioned, there a beaver co-winning. We are kind of right up there in terms of players, etc. with Talbot. You know, Darvo, I'm, I'm an Ayrshire boy, you know. Darvo, not, not not so much recently, but over the years, I've been a bit of a kind of laughing stock that were in the, you know, the Ayrshire second division, etc. Nobody really went to watch them as such, so... Was it the kind of project of building them up? Now, I know the restructure kind of took pay to that, but was it the project to try and get them from quite a low level, you know, to, as you say, to get up to the likes of a Talbot B Buffs kind of level? Uh, I, I, I think so, Mark. I, listen, also being part of football, playing and, and managing, I've managed to have some kind of degree of success, fortunate enough for me. Uh, a lot of that student when I played football, I played really good players. And when I've managed teams, I've managed really good players. Because I generally do believe you're only as good as the players you're managing. I think you look at any top coach in the world, any manager, any level, fundamentally they manage the best players at that level and they've got success. So but I, so I wanted to make sure I could go into an environment where I could be successful. That was fundamentally the most important thing that I could build some kind of success. But we could properly invest in infrastructure. When you're sitting down with somebody and they're saying to you, listen, can you get us in the champion? Can you get us in the Premier Division of Junior Football? And I'm saying, aye, of course. Well, I'm confident I can, but I need you to spend 50 grand on new changing rooms mm-hmm. before we even talk about signing a player. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd get laughed out of the room in most places. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that every club needs their changing rooms. Dalvin's not particularly bad. Mark's been in them. Well, he's been in the away once <laughs> before they've been renovated, which is even worse. But... Uh, but I, I, my point to John was, if you're saying you want to be one of the best clubs in the country, then you need to do that in everything you touch. And that means building the right environment for players. And that means things like changing rooms. And listen, they don't guarantee success. There's no absolute doubt about that. Uh, I, I don't think you need to have that kind of environment to have successful football teams. But for me, where we were the sort of players we were trying to recruit, we had to do things that, that put us on a bit of a platform. And also, for a business perspective, for a brand perspective, because at the end of the day, that's what football is. In a very short space of time, I had to get people talking about the club. We had to build some kind of momentum behind us for a standing start. And things like the changing rooms helped us do that. I think when we put them out on Twitter, they were seen by something like, I don't know, I mean, a couple a million people had viewed them at one point. So it got everybody talking about us. It wasn't a significant important thing in terms of trying to build success, but things like that were important in terms of getting the club a platform. 
when we sat down with players, you know, trying to attract players like Daryl Meggett for League One, Ian McShane this year for Falkirk and places like that. Then I think when you're saying, listen, this is what we're investing in as series, we're trying to build something that's sustainable as a project in place, then things like that help. But fundamentally, Mark, the reason I went there is because I felt the club could be successful. I felt John was ambitious enough uh, and I felt we could get the, club, the community behind the club. And I think we've done that. I think when I first went down and watched a couple of Darvel games, I took up before I actually was in position. I don't know, crowd were about 50, 60, and I think the club's managed to get them to run about 300, uh, which is great. Uh, and I think there's a bit of potential in there to continue to grow those numbers if you can be successful. Uh, but that's the reason that I went to Darvel. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I didn't expect the criticism that was going to come. <laughs> uh, it's been interesting. You've not even been to Beechwood yet. Any sort of investment, no, if, if someone with the capabilities of John and whatever go to B, they're going to the Buffs, they're going to the Glens, they're going to bite your hand off. It's, it's a jealousy thing that, you know, you, you get it to even the highest level, you know. Pep Guardiola spent this amount of money and this amount of money. You know, that's what's going to happen. But every single team in the world would do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to turn and say, no, we've got a £30 a week wage structure. Absolutely. We don't want your money. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. I think as long as it's done sensibly, do you know what I mean? I, I don't have a, certainly don't have a blank checkbook. Uh, as I say, the budget's a good budget, but it'll be in probably the that's, top five. That, that's why Shankar said he didn't sign for you because it wasn't. We won't put that out recording in case Thomas Lone's listening. We'll not put that out. <laughs> do, 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 do he's, you know that, he's not got internet in Anbang. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, the, see, the interesting thing is, Matt, I think there's. I, 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 it's certainly okay for me since I've been to the club anyway, but there's, people brought up this kind of rivalry against Auchinleck, and it's interesting because I, I say this to people all the time, like, rivalries built here a number of years of playing one another and challenging. Yeah. I, whereas Davo played Auchinleck in a, a couple of League Cup sections, there's certainly a rivalry there for me because we've not done anything to be rivals yet, we've not had any success, we've not played them in a period of time. Their challenge for us is simple. It's to be better than other 15 teams in that league and that's excluding Auckland Lake because that's fundamentally your first challenge is to be better than other teams because you want to win the league, then you need to be better than the teams. Beating Auckland Lake in a one-half game in a season isn't going to win your league cup. So the reason Auckland Lake are successful is because they've got they have, they've got sustained success. They're consistently better than every other club, every mostly every other season. Uh, and our aspiration originally is to try and get better than other clubs because I think that and and, and that's also about respect as well because I don't think you can know the success and the, the size and, and the, those other clubs like Beefs and Cowinnings and the massive clubs, massive experience, massive qualities as well. And fundamentally, we need to get in and compete with those clubs before you even think about getting to a point where you're going to start challenging and all can like a, a sustained period of time because I, I, I think it's just disrespectful. I think it's disrespectful to other clubs and I think it's also disrespectful to all like that. doesn't mean we've got aspirations or, or a desire. To, to, to try and be the top, top club in the country. Of course we had, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have it, but I'm certainly respectful eh, eh, that club and other clubs at that level. But as I say, when I go to Beachwood, I'll, I'll get absolutely slaughtered. I've no absolute doubt about that. It's no, it, it happens to everybody. You'll, you'll hear me roam at Shankers, no matter what you hear <laughs> <laughs> Well, soon we've got time for some quite fire questions. On we go. Right. Okay. Right, Mike, I hope, I hope you answer these honestly. Right. I, will, I, I promise you I will, Mark. 
Perry, Perry chicken or a Kelly pie? <laughs> Perry, Perry chicken every day of the week, but Kelly or Ayr? Kelly. Win the league or win the Scottish? Win the league. Favourite Spice Girl? <laughs> Victoria Beckham. John Gall or Fraser Gall? Oh, John all the way. He's pays your wages, <laughs> isn't he? As I knew he'd say your dad. <laughs> I knew he'd say your dad. I'm right. I'm not going to NFL, yes or no? No. TV show? X Factor. Shankers or Akin Fenwa? <laughs> <laughs> Shankers every day, baby. Favorite other sport? Uh, squash. Best Darvel player? Oh. <laughs> That's a hard one to be fair. Uh, since I've been there, I would say Darrell Meggett. I would say, I mean, I watched she's against Hurlford last year at centre half. He could have played with a hat on and stilts. Anyway, <laughs> fastest Darvel player. Fastest. Fastest Darvel player? Uh, Jordan Allen's left wing back was signed for Sunraz at Lightning. Big Al McKenzie isn't he slow either. Uh, aye, probably Jordan, I would say Jordan. <laughs> Worst Darvel player. <laughs> Come on! Worst Darvel player. I came to by the way. That was his favourite. player. Xander Kiwi. Xander Kiwi, my goalkeeping coach. He's on. The, he's a. He's he's a worst. He's he's on the coaching staff. He's a goal plays and goals are off now now and then. So got to be Xander. Biggest rival. Eh. Uh, I think that's a hard one, Mark, because we've not really built, as I say, we've not really built any rivalry up. I think for last year, Blantyre, eh, who had a, a few good ding-dongs with last year, eh, we've got a wee bit of rivalry with them, but there's nothing... Maybe Horrofer's a bit of a derby, I suppose, potentially. Eh, but I, I would say that's probably it. Eh, I, I, I can't really... I, until we're in that league and we're competing at a week in, week out, and we build some kind of rivalry, I would assume, hopefully. Worst opposition fans pre Beechwood, right enough, right? You've ever experienced you've ever experienced worst opposition fans. Uh, the, the, the worst amateurs probably Bannock burn they absolutely love me up there. I mean <laughs> I mean adore me. Uh, I'm trying to think I, I've not found the junior fans that bad to be fair. I think uh, who, who gave me a bit of stick to be fair, I think it was uh, I had a bit of stick at Glen Afton last year. Uh, oh, they, 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 it's different world up there, mate. <laughs> oh, my, they love me. They, 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 they reminded me every, at least every two minutes, I, I was an amateur manager, do you know what I mean? I, I kept stepping outside my dog area and they're shouting, Kennedy, you're not amateur football now. <laughs> so I, I, I copped it big style with Glen Afton, to be fair. Uh, it was my window, I suppose, so that sort of helped. But I, they, they gave me a fair bit of stick last year. But to be fair, I found... Uh, I found all the fact. Actually, I enjoy going to some of the grounds. I was actually really, really honestly looking forward to going to Beachwood this year. I think uh, 
I, I went and watched a few of the games like, uh, last year, and when I took care of Davo originally, I am the surface is excellent. Uh, the fans are really passionate. I was actually looking forward to going there. I, th- I think it's a great environment to play football. To be fair, so uh, hopefully we'll get an opportunity to get there at some point. So if we don't win the league this year, I'll get a bullet. We all can like no be in it, so I might not get to go. <laughs> right, last, last one. Within obviously your budget constraints, as you mentioned, you can sign three players for Darville from the juniors or, or the pros within budget. Who would your three signings be? That is a great question, by the way. I'm <laughs> uh, wanting to see you, but come on. Ah, uh, listen, I'm no bothered. I'll not uh, be offended. Can, so, can you answer that question? Does that seem like poaching players as such? You know, can you answer that? Listen, I, I think I get a bit of, I get a bit of stick for that anyway. It's not <laughs> so I, I'm not I'm not I'm not really worried about that. Uh, <laughs> who would I take? I, I think everybody knows that the admiration I've got for Jamie Glasgow at Talbot, to be fair. Uh, so I think Jamie would certainly be in there. Uh, I'm not just saying it because he's on the show. I would take Mark in an instant. And the third one, it's, it's the third one's a hard one. I, I, the other player I've got a lot of admiration for, uh, a couple of boys at Port, Adam Ford and uh, boys shoot McCann, I particularly like them as well, but they're, they're offensive players already went for offensive players. I think I would take Craig McCracken. That would be my three. Mark Shankland, Jamie Glasgow, and Craig McCracken. So you can make that happen, Mark. This year after those three. This is a true true story. I don't know if you read this, Mick, because it was before you were in the Junior C a couple of years ago in the the other Cup. We got to the final against Coburnley at Meadow Park. And me and Kier Milliken were on the bench, and Tucker played Graham Wilson and Craig McCracken up front. That is the, the lowest moment in my career, <laughs> by far. The lowest. Did he a reason for that, Mark? No, no. I, I honestly don't know. See, it's, it's funny because see the that was the third week. The week before he played centre mid and the week before that he played centre half so he went centre half, centre <laughs> mid and then up front. I think he was just trying to squeeze him in the team uh, just for, for his aerial presence or whatever but it, it was probably one of the lowest points I could have chucked it after that. <laughs> but I, I think, I think listen, it's, 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 <laughs> it's not a coincidence you, you, that obviously it's all like players. I, I think the admiration I think MDO level should have for that group of players is Listen, I've been part of successful clubs where you've got a group of people who, who there's a culture set and they buy into it and continuously been hungry every year to win trophy after trophy. Having a year of success is, is easy, or easier anyway. But to date in a number of years with the same group of people to keep continuously going, keep continuously pushing every single year is a remarkable achievement. I think it says more about that group and put their technical ability or their, their, their personal football ability one side but they have that hunger and desire every year to continuously push yourself to be successful it's that level of football when you're learning life changing kind of money but to have that dedication and commitment every year uh, it's it's remarkable to be honest with you I think that the, the, the success the guys have had as is, is a group is truly truly astonishing 
See, see, uh, see you, you mentioned there that you won the 12 league titles. Was, was, that, was that what you said? Was it 12 leagues or 12 cups or something? Was, was that at the drum? Aye, aye, aye. That was at Colville. That was it. You were playing at the drum. No, I, I, I'd, won, I'd won four playing with, with uh, no, five playing with the drum. Then, then I was at Colville for a period and won the other, whatever it was. And I won, I think, four at I four is that right? Five? No, so it's probably more than that to be fair. Uh, yeah. And then I went four as a manager, I. But that's what I'm saying. Similar to probably the success that Dalton Netball you've had to have that desire every year to continue yeah, to go again and push yourself. But what success does is that's the thing about success, and that's it, it gives you time to build continuity. I'd imagine now the culture set at the club. I'd imagine they both manage that themselves at times. As a manager, they know the expectations, they know the standards. If you've had a bad game or a bad first half. Sometimes you probably don't need to speak to the boys, manage the environment yourself, so you know the expectations, the standards. And you can build something like that. It's special. And the longer you can keep it going together, uh, then that's why they've been so successful. So it's, it's truly remarkable. The admir- and I generally, I'm not just saying that because Mark's on the show, I think I've said it before, the admiration I've got for, for that group of players uh, is, is extremely high. It's, it's astonishing the success they've had. Well, we've just do, you, do you have... Sorry, no, you, no. Sorry, just to cut on. Do you have like an ambition to go and manage like say a senior team? Because I say they well for two or three years with Davo and there is that chance. Or are you just happy to, to build what you've got with Davo and try and get them to that? I think that's you can't obviously just say no, okay, I'll, I'll leave Davo at the first chance, but like <laughs> say in five years or whatever, you get Ken Davo to that position, then something like that does happen. This is just Ken. Just a random question, but I it's, it's hard. I, I think see, I, I'm very fortunate, Mark. Where football for me has never really been about money. So even just just now, I don't take a wager, a dabble or anything like that. So I, I'm fortunate enough where I don't have to. So I've always done it and chose to do it because I love it and enjoy it. And I think as long as dabble we're ambitious and we can build something, I really enjoy working with John to be fair in the committee there as well. And part of what I try and build is a wee bit of what you've got. It's that sort of family force, that culture of togetherness and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I think if you're going to lead that or, or, or certainly sell that sort of vision, then you need to buy it. So I would have no plan, but listen, I don't, I don't know what the future holds as well. Listen, I think at some point Davo hit a level where you can't take it any further unless somebody really wants to bankroll it as a business. Yeah. It'll hit a, a level where the income it can, it can generate maximum income, and that will make the club it'll find it sort of level, whatever that may be. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think I, tr- I I've. Senior football, I like the culture of senior football in terms of how they do things. That's probably how we try and run Davo after park and stuff like that. I like that sort of environment of looking after players. But I, I don't know. I, I love this level of football. But to be fair, uh, I think there's a real community feeling about it. Uh, there's a real connection with the fans. A real com- the clubs have got a real connection with their with, with their fans and the community. There's something a bit romantic about it, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I you, you never know. But it's like you, Mark, and I'd imagine you must have opportunities to step back up and stuff like that at times. But it's mm-hmm. obviously Lock and Lake are such a massive part of your your life as well. And you're getting 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 four hundred quid a week. It makes a difference as well. <laughs> of course. <laughs> hey, see, just a quick is, one. Is that what see, you get? Is that, is that what you I, get? I, 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 I told that. you I couldn't take a five cut to come to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, see if if you and John go walked away for Darvel the Mora, the next manager that walks into Darvel gets that budget. With that to for the players as well. Aye, it's like three-year budget or whatever. Aye, the the the, the plain budget, hundred percent. 
itself. It, it generates. Davo are pretty fortunate, Matt. There's another couple of investors who put money into Davo. Who there's one who lives in America, who who, who grew up in Davo, sold their business for something like quarter of a billion pounds, two hundred forty million, a pharmaceutical company. Uh, strange mental, this is a mad story, but they grew up in Davo, moved to America, set up a pharmaceutical company, and it's owned by the third biggest pharmaceutical company in the world now. So they bought it after them, very wealthy family. Mm. Uh, so there's a couple who back the club and they give the club donations every year, which contributes to the plane budget. If that money was withdrawn, that would impact the plane budget more than me and John got. Uh, aye, but certainly... Aye. Certainly, I don't put any money into paying players' wages or anything like that. I don't put, the only thing I pay for at Davo is I pay for the GPS face because uh, I asked for them, it was what the budget would set, and I wanted to put that in place. I pay for that myself. But uh, no, certainly, if John walked away Monday and the right people come into run the club or the club can stay there, the club will always have a healthy budget now. Now, mm. where John has really invested his infrastructure, that would never have happened without John putting the money in he's put in, to be honest with you, for the license and all that sort of stuff. But aye, they would still have a really healthy playing budget. We've just got time for a couple of fan questions. Uh, Stephen Nicholas, uh, Matt, which of the junior games is your favourite to go to? Uh, junior games? Yeah, junior sounds. Grounds? I, I, think, I think it would be, the clubs I've been to it would be Beachwood or Pollock. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because of all the people who come to the games when you go and watch the games. I love, I love uh, playing at Pollock. I, I also, I just... Aye, it's, it's a special. There's something a wee bit romantic about Pollock as well. Not because I'm a Glasgow boy or no, but there's something romantic about that club as well. It just I don't know. But as I say, it might just be the volume of people that are there. But I don't know. It's, it feels a it feels a special ground to play football. As as does uh, Beachwood, but the two clubs probably are the two grounds that I, I would probably enjoy going to uh, the most. Mm-hmm. Andy McMathas as well. What you've already kind of answered this, but I'll just can you give a bit of detail. How far do you genuinely think Darvo can go in the football pyramid? I understand everyone says aim for the top, but with some other good sides around, with fan base, etc., it's going to be tough to get there. What's your kind of response to that? Uh, I think I, I, I think your clubs could comfortably sit in League Two. Uh, I, I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that. Definitely, I think Auchinleck, uh, Cowarns, Pollocks, ourselves, if you can put us into that category. Uh, I think we could get to League Two and come to... I think the other thing people don't recognise as well, so if you take ourselves up, let's just look at Auckland Lake in terms of the, the number of people coming through the door, the money they generate, blah, blah, blah. You want to League Two, you're guaranteed about 100 grand in prize money straight away before you kick a ball. Run about that sort of income. So you add that to a club that's already got a fan base of five 600 people, is getting real community batting, then the budget within the club changes overnight. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think you could comfortably sit at sit at League Two comfortably. I think there's probably a couple who could maybe get to League One, uh, but you also need to change the models. Clubs need to evolve, and they need to be changed within the infrastructure how you run the club. Uh, wage structures would need to change and stuff like that to allow you to continue to compete and push up. Uh, so so it's all these sort of things. But I I think clubs could get to League Two comfortably. Brilliant. Wilson here now, Stad. No, no, it's, it's been quite an interesting insight that um, Mick will take me on. If I have a successful year with Stuart next year, I'll be straight up Darvo, replacing <laughs> him when he goes higher. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's, been, it's, been a good, it's been a good insight to hear because, again, the social media can be the best thing in the world. It's the worst thing in the world. 
and we've kind of touched on about folks saying he gets this a week, he gets that a week, and there is a wee bit of vitriol, well, there has been towards Darvel and Mick himself. You know, it's, 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 good to, it's good to hear, you know, the truth. <laughs> Things can give you a wee better understanding, you know. Definitely, brilliant. It's been an absolute pleasure to be on, Mick. I can't thank you enough for joining us. We've just got time for a couple of fan questions. First of all, to Wilson. It's, did, you, did you have an easier day yesterday than Barkas? <laughs> well, well, I'll be honest, he had one shot to save and couldn't he save it. Um, so, <laughs> pro- probably aye. It's, as I say, and he, and he has come in for criticism, not just, for, not just from me, but um, again, it was kind of highlighted... You know, last night. Now again, it's I know the goalkeeper. So I don't know if uh, Mick does that, but I, I always let. And I know it's a, a different level, but you let your goalkeeper sort out what he wants. And I'm still amazed that we we a goalkeeper that is kind of best thing is coming out and collecting the ball. You know how he doesn't have two guys on his posts. I I, I just don't get that to any level. You know, it's, it's you know a short corner, for example. You know, you maybe move the guy for the back post or the front post or whatever. Um, but Two guys on the post. There's a guy in the post, you know, it's not a goal, but um, it was just it was just another calamity yesterday. No, not he wasn't to blame for the goal, um, but that's what it is. Brilliant. Well, that'll do us for this week. I just want to thank Wilson and Shankers for joining me again. And Mick, it was an absolute pleasure to be on the show. Thanks very much for that. Thanks for having us, guys. Appreciate Anything. it. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks very Shane. much. Thanks. And we will be back next week with a further look at what has happened over the weekend in Scottish football. Thanks very much for joining us again and we will see you next week. Cheers.